Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525. Abraham Lincoln warned that the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. Would you like to know what's being taught in today's classrooms? Welcome to Say What? with attorney Mark Schneider and Pastor George Roska Jr. They'll explore the issues facing children, parents, and society as a result of the public schools and the forces behind them. Say What? is the radio program of Protect Our Kids, which seeks to inform and equip concerned citizens about the looming crisis in American education. So listen in as your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roska Jr., unpack the issues and organizations affecting our children. And now here's your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roska Jr. Hello, everyone. I'm George Roska. And I'm Mark Schneider. And we want to welcome you to today's episode 105 of Say What, where we talk about the threats to our children in the public school system, including the strategy behind the obvious corruption of our society. That's right, George. You know, this is a subject that we have addressed before on this program, but we felt that we need to revisit it today, given how quickly uh, and radically our society is changing, and unfortunately, not for the better. Our focus uh, at POK is always the public school system, which for all intents and purposes is now uh, a woke indoctrination camp. But wokeism is infecting our entire culture from the White House to the classroom and with increasingly disastrous results. Our definition of wokeism is it's an ideology that views society through a lens of sexual repression, racial oppression, and political Grievance. There you have it. We know how to define wokeness. I think we do. And uh, the Wall Street Journal recently published the results of a poll that tracked people's responses from 1998 to the present. So that's about five years, the last five years. And the results um, are not particularly surprising, but I think, George, they're they're very alarming. So just real quick, Mark, from 1998, right? 1998. Okay, so the last 25 years, right, from 1998 to today, is that what they were tracking? Uh, yes, I misspoke. Okay. Uh, 1998. So this is a long-term poll. Yep. Um, here's, here's what it showed. The percent of people in the poll who say these values are very important to them patriotism. In 1998, it was 70%. So people thought this is an important value. Mm -hmm. Today, it's 38%. Religion. So uh, in 1998, 62% of American population thought this is an important value. Today, it's about the same, 39%. What about having children? In 1998, 59% of Americans thought this is an important value. Today, it's all the way down to 30%. Oh, my goodness. Money, though, in terms of being an important value in 1998, was 31%. Guess what it is today? It's gone up. Wow. It hasn't gone down. It's 43%. 
So that's kind of a snapshot, you know, of how dramatically the, the nation has changed since 1998. And not surprisingly, you know, there's a political makeup as to who holds these views. The percent who say these vows, values are very important to them, um, Democrats tend to not be interested in patriotism where Republicans are. Independents sort of fall in the middle. The same with religion, the same with having children. Money, uh, both are equal in the importance of money, that, that which is not particularly surprising. But also, Mark, one striking one here is community involvement because Democrats ranked higher on that than anything else. Very interesting. And we know what's meant by community involvement. Exactly. It means activism. Activism and groupthink and being part of the collective. Yes. For wokeism. Yep. All this, George, is evidence for a society in free fall. And we're just going to recite a bunch of bullet points here um, to give our listening audience uh, a sample of what's going on in our country. Here's the first one, and maybe we can alternate with mm-hmm. these. Radical sex ed curriculum across the nation are telling kids that their gender or how they relate sexually to other people is completely unrelated to their biology and are teaching them how to have sex with whomever beginning in grade school. That's happening all over the country now. Yeah, and take that even further. Children's book publishers are falling all over themselves in the rush to corrupt our children with ever more lurid material, if, if that's even possible. Full-grown men dressed up as women are provocatively parading themselves before organized audiences of children in our nation's public libraries and school gymnasiums. Teachers entice children to play classroom games where kids, they're asked to pose as seducing hookers. And by the way, we have evidence for all of this. Uh, These notes are heavily footnoted. Uh, there's been an exponential rise in what's now called rapid onset gender dysphoria, or RODG. Public schools are facilitating off-campus hormone injections, body mutilation surgery, and permanent sterility without parents' consent or knowledge in what's called gender-affirming care, which is a term straight out of George Orwell's 1984. It really is. The epidemic rates uh, of depression among young people and the fact that one in five LGBT kids, according to the CDC, have actually attempted suicide. We reported on this a few weeks ago. Yeah, and, and the moral capitulation of opening school bathrooms and locker rooms to boys who identify as girls and vice versa. Uh, Schools are even allowing, without parents' knowledge, grown men, so-called counselors, to share cabins with underage girls in school-sponsored off-campus sleepovers, um, as was reported in, uh, in the recently published book, Stolen Youth, How Radicals Are Erasing Innocence and Indoctrinating a Generation. And we have to think about what that means. So, number one, if if you're a male who identifies as a male and you show your genitals to a girl in the locker room, you'll be arrested as a pervert. But if you're a male who identifies as a female and expose yourself in the same girl's locker room, you'll not only be protected, you'll be celebrated. Uh, We're living in an Orwellian dystopian world, but this is the society we now live in. 
the capitulation to biological males like Leah Thomas, who demand to compete against girls in competitive sports, whether in swimming, track and field, cycling, or even mixed martial arts, George. We have photos that show these men posing as women, and it shows them towering over their female competitors who don't stand a chance. Oh, they're so brave. Um, the fruitful rise of ever more fantastic diversity, equity, and inclusion. And th- these are just fascist committees uh, with their squads of thought police, as we talked about on our last episode, looking to reprimand, deplatform, or terminate anyone. Yeah, last week we mentioned on university campuses, DEI uh, committees. There's literally hundreds of people on, on these committees at, at some of our most prestigious universities. Well, what about the radical rewriting of our history book, like the 1619 Project, that seek to reframe history in such a way as to make future Americans despise their nation of birth and turn into woke activists? And parents, uh, we've been tagged as domestic terrorists uh, by the highest levels of government simply for wanting to protect children from uh, what can only be described as woke madness. Unfortunately, George, we could continue with, with these stats. I mean, yep. this is just a sampling of, uh, of a snapshot of what's going on in American culture today. And um, sadly, despite all this, many Americans are still asleep. Uh, they, they don't seem to recognize uh, what's happening, or if they do, they're not willing to really take action. And the question is, what has happened to us? It, it truly feels like there's an organized strategy to topple our nation by corrupting our children. And it wouldn't be the first time that this has happened. Um, in his book, Mussolini's Children, Race, and Elementary Education in Fascist Italy, uh, the author Eden McLean chronicles the details of the importance and role of children in upholding a fascist state. So this is historical fact. Here's another grim historical fact. Adolf Hitler Hitler, uh, declared at the annual Nazi party rally in 1935, he alone who owns the youth gains the future. And by 1941, George, half of all German children aged 10 to 18 were part of the Hitler youth program, which turned into the brown shirts. And we know what the result of that was. In Mao Zedong's Red Guard China, kids were regularly recruited and were instrumental in pushing the totalitarian state, where they learned to turn their parents into the authorities if their parents were not towing uh, the, the Communist Party line. And the same thing happened in Cambodia under the terror regime of Khmer Rouge. Kids were taught and instructed how to turn their parents into the authorities. And, and the same thing happened in my home country of Romania. The Ceausescu, our communist dictator, had the youth party called the Pioneers. That's what he called them. Everyone was supposed to, all kids uh, from you know K through, through 12 were part of this program. Uh, my older siblings were forced to be part of it. Um, and everything that they were taught there was just a complete brainwashing. Um, and check this out, Mark. One thing that I learned from from my dad about this, because he grew up in this program too, they deliberately, so back when my dad was in school in the 60s, uh, they had 
kids go to school Monday through Saturday, six days a week to keep them away from parents. And then they knew that the Christian kids on Sunday were going to church. So they deliberately would schedule field trips on Sunday so that we would take them away from parents taking them to church. You know, many parents think it'll never happen in America. Unfortunately, nothing like that has happened yet in America. But I I think it's foolish to say it could never happen here because we're seeing signposts uh, of the same kind of thinking. Already, uh, states have passed laws allowing health and human services like child protective services to remove children from their parents if these same parents, for some reason, don't want to go along with gender-affirming care. In fact, we've talked about Senate Bill 107 uh, that was passed here in California that does just that. So if you have divorced parents and one has custody in Texas and the other one is living here in California, and the child, while uh, he or she is in California, says, oh, I think I'm the wrong gender. I want to start receiving care. A court can forcibly remove that child, even though the Texas parents has been granted full custody by a court in Texas. They can abscond that child. So it's already starting to happen in this country. Yeah, and this is just getting worse and worse and worse. So, But how did all this happen, and, and who or what is behind it, Mark? Well, there's no single person, event, or group that's responsible for it. I mean, the roots really run deep and go back nearly a century. But, George, I think a line can be drawn. Um, However depressing, uh, the fact is that there are now and there have always been people that they do not share what you and I think of as traditional American values. Uh, What Dennis Prager likes to say um, are the three main American values that are still inscribed on our coins. Liberty versus moral license. In God We Trust versus radical secularism. And e pluribus unum, this Latin expression that means out of many, one, versus ethnic and racial division. Um, The goal for these anti-Americans is to overthrow these values for what they think is going to be a utopian collective, which is really another way of saying a Marxist-based society where there are no limits on sexual expression. Literally anything goes. Where the government effectively owns your children in all the most practical ways, not parents. Where one's hard-earned wealth is controlled and distributed by a ruling elite, not you, not the, the person who worked for it, but by someone else. And the commitment, George, to these goals is so great, the truth must not be allowed to get in the way, such that the ends justify the means, whatever is necessary, whatever it takes, that's what we're going to do. And this may sound like hyperbole, but we've seen this playbook happen throughout history. In your own country in Romania, you've seen it happening. In revolutionary Russia, Russia, Vladimir Lenin said, this is a direct quote, we must be ready to employ trickery, deceit, law-breaking, withholding and concealing truth. We can and must write in a language which sows among the masses hate, revulsion, and scorn toward those who disagree with us. Does that sound familiar? Oh, it does, Mark. And it goes on because as we're kind of following this, the, the dots to today, Antonio Gramsci of the Frankfurt School, 
where the whole critical theory uh, started, which yeah. is Marxist-based. He, he imported all of this into America via John Dewey in the 1930s, and he called for a war of movement to bring about cultural Marxism versus an actual real war, um, which, which is called a war of position, uh, in order to corrupt our institutions from within. Uh, only in this way can actual Marxism succeed in the West. And here's what he wrote, quote, Any country grounded in Judeo-Christian values cannot be overthrown until those roots are cut. Socialism is precisely the religion that must overwhelm Christianity. In the New World Order, socialism will triumph by first capturing the culture via infiltration of schools, universities, churches, and the media by transforming the consciousness of society, end quote. And he wasn't the only member of the Frankfurt School there. This was a large organization that, as you mentioned, John Dewey brought over, and they found themselves a home at Columbia University, Brandeis, and other notable schools. And that was in the 1930s, and we've been feeling the repercussions of this ever since. In 1971, Saul Alinsky, in his book Rules for Radicals, wrote, The first step in community organization is community disorganization. All change means disorganization of the old and organization of the new. True revolutionaries, he wrote, do not flaunt their radicalism. They cut their hair. They put on suits and infiltrate the system from within. In other words, George, they deceive. In fact, as distressing as the Antifa and BLM rioters were, it's the respectful-looking men and women who have an agenda and who are able to get in positions of power, like state legislature or halls of justice, tech company C-suites, teachers unions, and well-funded 501c3s that are most effective in bringing about cultural change. And they've infiltrated everywhere. By the way, most people don't know, but uh, Hillary Clinton did her master's thesis on Saul Alinsky's book. Um, I remember that. And back in 2018, when the, when the Red for Ed movement started by the teachers union, yeah. to you know that was their new campaign to go out and protest, uh, and it started all in, in Chicago, uh, and it moved across the country. Um, I've had teachers who have told me who were part of that that they were given this book by Saul Alinsky, Rules for Radicals, and that's what they were studying together uh, with the teachers union, and then that's how they based their whole strategy on for the Red for Ed. Well, time allowing, there's another book that we're going to talk about that is equally influential, but before we get there, also in the 1970s and 1972, Plank 17 of the National Coalition of Gay Organizations, the, the plank was to get this direct quote, repeal all laws governing the age of sexual consent. Say what? Right in line with uh, uh, Antonio Gramsci. That same year, 1972, the Boston Gay Liberation Fronts presented a list of demands to the 1972 Democratic Convention in Miami. Here are a couple of them. Quote, any legal rights parents have over their children should be dissolved. Rearing children is a community responsibility. In other words, the collective. We call for self-government and self-determination 
regardless of age, all coercion and dominance must end. These were considered crazy ideas back in the 1970s. Yeah. Not so much anymore. Uh, in fact, since so much of the dystopia in society centers around the destruction of sexual norms and the elevation of homosexuality and now transgenderism, um, not just as be legally protected, but celebrated and promoted, it's worth asking how did that happen? And it all goes back uh, to this famous book that was published, I think, in 1989 called After the Ball, which served as a blueprint to normalize these behaviors in society and by extension, subject your identities, identities throughout the West. And the authors, George, as you know, of, the, of that book was Marshall Kirk, who was a Harvard-trained psychologist, and Hunter Madsen, another uh, social scientist. And they set out three distinct phases to their plan, which they openly admitted, and this is a direct quote from the book, depends centrally on a program of unabashed propaganda firmly grounded in long-established principles of psychology and advertising. Sounds like Vladimir Lenin. Yep. And the three phases in order are desensitization, jamming, and conversion. And desensitization, the first phase, means just that. Flooding society with subtle, inoffensive portrayals of homosexuals the object being to get people accustomed to seeing self-identifying gays participating in normal public life. Remember, this was 30 years ago. Here's another quote from the book. We want to inundate them, the authors wrote, in a continuous flood of gay-related advertising presented in the least offensive fashion possible. And then after years of desensitization, the second phase of the strategy can ensue, which is jamming, called jamming, where the object here is to paint people who object to or even question the homosexual or gay lifestyle as homophobic, hating bigots. And we've seen this played out over the last 25 to 30 years. Our effect, they said in the book, is to be achieved without reference to facts logic, or proof. In fact, they say the Nazi story alone will be sufficient opening wedge into the vilification of our enemies. After all, who on earth would choose to be associated with a Nazi, which they did for people who opposed uh, the homosexual agenda? And finally, George, the last phase um, in their strategy is conversion. Uh, we mean conversion of the average American's emotions, mind, and will through a planned psychological attack in the form of propaganda fed to the nation via the media. And here's a compelling statement. It makes no difference that the ads are lies. Say what? They're, they're completely transparent about what their agenda was. So 1989, the book After the Ball. Parents, please read it. Please read it, and uh, we could talk about a lot more. We don't have time for it, un unfortunately, but um, maybe we'll cover it in, in a future episode. Um, one final statement, George. John Adams warned. He was our second president and one of our nation's founders. He said our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate for the government 
of any other. Forewarned is forearmed. So parents, um, that same strategy is being used today with uh, pushing the trans agenda and the sex and gender ideology, critical race theory, social emotional learning. Um, They are going to uh, do all these three steps over and over and over with any new and more radical idea that comes out. So uh, please visit our website, uh, download our brochures, watch and share our videos, uh, share these podcasts as well. Uh, download our How to Start a Private School Guide. Uh, it'll also teach you how to homeschool your children. Um, or you can request the, um, that Mark and I come and speak at your parent group or church. There's a speaker button right on our f- front page, as well as a donate button, which you can become part of our Guardian Angel program. Uh, parents, we all must rise up and rebuild uh, the walls of our broken society. Um, And so we can all be a a part of doing just that together. Uh, We'll talk to you next time. See you then. You've been listening to Say What? The radio ministry of Protect Our Kids, where they seek to inform and equip concerned citizens about the crisis in American public education and the forces working against our children. Join us at this same time every Saturday as attorney Mark Schneider and Pastor George Roska Jr. unpack the issues so that we can better safeguard our nation's children. For more information about this program or Protect Our Kids, email the show at info at protectourkidsnow.org. That's info at protectourkidsnow.org. And join Mark and George right here next week at this same time for another episode of Say What?